Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you on a Sunday afternoon. You are probably joining us on Monday morning or afternoon. As Brendan and I record this, the Cubs are playing in the Milwaukee Spring Training Park against the Brewers. Kyle Hendricks on the mound. As we start this podcast, Wilson Contreras has given the Cubs a one to nothing lead in that game with another sharp hit ball. I would imagine we will be touching on that uh, at least a little bit today. Um, and Brendan, I, I wanted to start the show today with, in, in the spirit of ESPN's Pardon the Interruption, we have a stat correction for today. And let me preface this. This is all oh, your please. fault, Corey. This is all your I, fault. I take, it's not my fault. I take ownership for leading you astray but you did confirm this so you know i don't I think tr- you're, i trusted you i, I trust you. i do appreciate that um but either way again, uh though. one of our listeners at thug mcgraw on twitter pointed out to us uh that the rumored ryan dempster trade that we were talking about last episode was not for a rodis viscainu that was for randall delgado yes so correct. yes we will not allow that to sit uncorrected on our airwaves. Um, if you listen to that recording, though, I, I do pause. I'm like, Vizcaino? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, Vizcaino. Like, it didn't seem right to me, but I went with it. Like, I I permanently removed Randall Delgado from my memory for a variety of reasons, one of which is I lost a lot of money playing fantasy baseball because one year I had high expectations for Delgado with the D-backs. Did not work out, Corey. Yeah, so I my B everybody um, messed it up and uh, own it. You know, it's own it uh, yes, I own it now. Yes, I own I own, I own that Arodis Viscaino <laughs> error now, right now. Um, but anyway, 
uh, getting back into the show. It's good to talk to everybody again. I'm, I'm liking the, the two-a-week thing. I, I, I've got my game day pulled up with the Cubs and Brewers right now. And as I said last time, it's just good to be talking Cubs baseball. Uh, a quick note, if you are getting ready for the season, which uh, we are now under three weeks away from, uh, we did get the—we we have a matchup, Brendan, and we're not going to delve into it because it is not— a regular season preview episode or anything like that, but if you wanted to put it on your calendar and, and get ready for it, uh, the Rangers named Mike Miner their opening day starter. He is a left-hander, and that means it will be John Lester, a left-hander, versus Mike Miner, a left-hander, to start things off in Texas uh, for the 2019 regular season. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, if you want to you know, get your scouting report ready on Mike Miner, start making... Uh, predictions on, you know, what that lineup will be, uh, you can, uh, but at least we, you know, kind of know what we're looking forward to here. Yeah, and I think we had this discussion too uh, before we got on here, but Corey's under the impression, given that Mike Miner is starting, that Albert Almora will be the opening day leadoff hitter in center field because of that lefty matchup. I think, Corey, would you be willing to put money on that? Yeah, I think you're crazy for not thinking that's what's going to happen. Well, I, 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 first off, I can see it happening, but I still think we're too far away from making that conclusion. Perhaps. And yeah, like someone like Daniel Descalso, who has some reverse splits, maybe he gets the nod. Maybe Ben Zobris, if he's at, I don't know, DHing or, or at second base, pending what they do with Schwarber, maybe he's the leadoff guy. So yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to do that. Maybe we can make a little bit of a wager. We can think about it off the air here, but I'm not sold on Elmora getting the leadoff spot against lefties. But yeah, I, can see, I mean, I can see it still happening. I, I don't know. I just feel like you know they've wanted Joe has obviously liked him in that spot uh, a lot against lefties, and I, I think that you know he's so far done nothing this spring that you know wouldn't suggest I think he'd be a candidate for that and I just I, I that's that's how I think Joe's gonna go but yeah you're right I I I did kind of forget the whole Descalso element we've we've talked before that we can sort of tell that that's <laughs> someone who Joe is gonna uh fall in love with I think he said the other day when talking about him that it, you know he's one of those players that uh I haven't coached or whatever but I've liked him for a long time and I'm thinking <laughs> gee what a Here what a shocker go. there um so yeah I don't know but I I would definitely put money on Albert getting that uh getting that nod and it would be storybook to a degree would it not Brendan if uh what if Almora hits a home run to lead off the season and we start back-to-back seasons with uh Hap and Almora from opposite sides of the plate with a bomb I mean sign me up for it I I would not bet on that yeah well and you know Though yeah. he, he obviously figured it out uh, afterward to to a degree, um, hopefully Almora would not then go on the slide that Hap went on immediately following that home run. But <laughs> yeah. either way, we're we're in the weeds here, Brendan. Somehow we were just I was just laying out the matchup for that game, and you know now we're we're talking about Ian Hap's slump. Uh, not my intention, but. One thing I, I very negative from you the past three weeks. Just want to point that out. Lester's philosophy, Ian Hatch. You know slump. that. I, I'm just ready saying. to. I'm. I'm. I'm already. Uh, I'm getting restless here. I, I just need them I to can start tell. playing. They're they're playing. I can tell. You know, exhibition games against the Brewers, who, you know, continue their relentless trash talking. But you're like stealing my brand. I feel <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Keep 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 going. <laughs> when you start talking about how much you love John Lester, we'll we'll have 
people worried that we've you know got like a parent trap situation on our yeah i'll be the one getting the uh, the tattoo this year then i meant a freaky friday situation i don't know why i said parent we're not twins brendan and i but um anyway way in the weeds here uh the the first thing that i wanted to talk about which is is not really a a serious topic but i want to talk about this teaser that we've gotten uh for i think what's going to be content on the marquee channel the cubs have been a little um you know, hush hush on exactly what this this video is is going to be. But I, I they've teased a preview of what to expect on Marquee, and then today on Sunday morning they tweeted out uh, just a tweet tomorrow with this this preview video. And we we've seen a clip of this show that they're calling the off season, which is where I want to draw your attention to. There's a lot of stuff in here, say Cubs top ten. Uh, a call to the bullpen thing with with Hap and Schwarber having a little conversation. There, there's a lot of stuff going on here, including a, a game show where Chris Bryant, looking like the newlywed game, where he's asking questions that both uh, his wife Jess and Anthony Rizzo have to answer. Which sign me up for that content. I mean, that that's exactly. It was only a matter of time until we saw. Yeah, that. exactly Excellent what everybody content. needs. But what I what I want to draw your attention to are three. Three particular clips uh, in here, and actually none of them have to do with John Lester. It looks like we we go in the off season to John Lester's ranch, perhaps, which also signed me up for. But that's not the one of the three things that that caught my attention to this degree. The first of which, Brendan, you sent me this morning before I had seen the full video, and that was uh, Javi in the back seat of a car with uh, some young Cubs fan, uh, and like seven puppies. And I don't know anything else about it. All of these clips in this little preview were basically five to 10 seconds. So that's what we're dealing with here. Um, but Javi also a with clip puppies, yeah. uh, pretty much as good as you can get. I don't know whose idea that was, but brilliant content decision there. I, I think that's one of those things where it's it's like the simplest thing. Like, you know, they're in the content meeting, like, well, what are we going to do? We've got this big channel, 24-hour Cubs coverage. What are we going to come up with? And some somebody's just like, I don't know, why don't we just give Javi some puppies? Brilliant. Done. Promote Sign me them. Up. Head of marketing. This is, it's perfect. It's it's simple yeah. and perfect. Uh, so I and don't... There, was a, there was a comment too that Javi made where he's like, I have 13 dogs or something. Because Javi has his own farm. Yeah. Like, you know, you have, like, Lester has his own ranch or whatever, but Javi has his own farm. So I think we actually might be going to Javi's farm at some point whenever this TV station launches, which signed me up for as well. Yeah, he did that, like, uh, I think it was for maybe the MLB network or, or something like that, where he, he showed off his ranch in, in Puerto Rico, and he talked about yeah. how he, he's building, like, a Is bunch it of Puerto Rico? For, for homeless dogs. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I as if, let's see if we can love Javi even more. He's out there rescuing Seriously. dogs. Um, so that was interesting. Number two uh, is... Again, it's like a five-second clip of Wilson Contreras gloriously mounting this horse um, that looks like, you know, something out of like a, a, a Fabio commercial or something like that. He's like staring off into the horizon, like pre-sunrise on this horse. It's very majestic. But number one, Brendan, and this caught my attention, and when I say that I saw this, whenever they put out the first teaser, so maybe on Friday or Saturday, I have been thinking about this three-second clip almost every second of the day since. And it is 
we, we, we get a couple of hints that we're going to go to the Dominican Republic and hang out with Pedro Strope in this show, The Off Season. And in oh, one of man. these clips, he's just dancing with someone, but they're like mirroring each other. And yeah. I have not been able to get this clip out of my head. It's on the Cubs Twitter. If you go to uh, th- this teaser video and they tweeted out just a gif of the strobe thing. If if you could put electricity into a gif, it's this gif of Pedro Strobe dancing. I-, I was floored when I saw it. I want more of it. Give me like a Pedro Strobe dance class or something like that on the Marquee Network. This clip was unbelievable, Renan. Yes, please. And there was another clip. Not Now, this is not through Cubs Productions, but what you're saying reminded me of it with uh, Strope's Instagram. There was some like random story and up from Pedro Strope's right shoulder pops Vlad Guerrero right. in just like a tank top. And it's just like, what, maybe 50 people behind them? They're all doing something. I don't know what they're doing. But any type of show centered on Pedro Strope going back to his hometown that could that could win like what is it? It's a uh, not a Grammy, an Oscar. Is that what it would be? No, TV shows is um, Emmys. Emmys. Yeah. That's what it is. All these like whys at the end of these award shows that could win an Emmy. I'm I'm not even kidding you. Pedro Strope, every week in the Dominican. That's an Emmy award winning show. Lock it down. Yes. Um. Again, this was literally like a three second <laughs> clip that I have not been able to stop thinking about. But give me all of the Pedro, uh, in the Dominican content um sign me up for it but the, the, this stuff, you gotta retire pedro's number you gotta do it i think we talked about that one time i know we yeah have, but i, I mean, feel like it's what gonna be I, his I seventh the, year the cubs, now the cubs group is is very exclusive so i'm not sure that he's necessarily gonna have the the resume to do it although his resume is very good but especially with the group that he's a part of now i think there's a, a few candidates so we're, we're gonna have to see if you know the cubs maybe get uh, a little more lenient than they've been over the years with uh, the qualifications for getting your number retired because it's a pretty exclusive group as it stands right now. So, uh, but yeah, he's, I've, we've mentioned this before, he's the only reliever in Cubs history to post um, five straight years plus of sub three relief. So you can go look at all of the relievers that have been in the Cubs organization and Strope is the only one to have done that. So uh, certainly... I mean, Put the number up. Certainly a, yeah, a, a, a resume to consider. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the, the, the further plans for this marquee content. It looks like they have some good ideas. And I think we're all, you know, very curious as to what exactly they're going to put on a 24-hour Cubs network. Because the game, post-game, etc., you know, that's like, what, five, six hours, maybe, if you don't replay the game or, or do too extended right. of coverage. So that's a lot of uh, a lot of TV time to fill in, in the meantime. But if we're getting a game show with uh, Anthony Rizzo, Jess Bryant, and Chris Bryant, Pedro Strupp dancing, Javi with puppies, I, I, I think that's a great place to start. Uh, I have not purchased, you know, a package or anything with the Marquee Network yet. It's not available. Uh, but I'm very interested. They have piqued my interest, uh, as if I wasn't just going to get it to watch the Cubs game. But yeah. anyway, check out that that video if you have not, because uh, I'm telling you, if you don't find that stroke dancing thing completely electric, uh, something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to help you. Um, that that should get you pumped for the season, uh, no doubt. But moving to um, you know actual 
baseball content, not uh, relief pitchers dancing. Um, we can maybe we'll start a separate podcast for for stuff like that. Um, <laughs> here's where we are since we last spoke. Um, you Darvish threw again, but in a sim game, so we don't really get to see that. But on uh, March the 8th, he goes four innings. He allowed one hit, one walk, and three Ks. As best I could tell, it was mostly uh, minor leaguers, non-regulars that he was pitching to, just as a you know point of reference. Um, but still good to see him doing that. Didn't see any reports of anything... That really stood out from the sim game, uh, you know, from the beat writers that were there. I did not see, I, I tried to find, but I did not see an exact pitch count, but, you know, four innings, I would assume somewhere around 40, 50-ish pitches, something yeah, somewhere in that range, there, maybe 60 yeah. tops if they wanted to, um, you know, have some longer innings. Um, but good to see, not walking anybody, getting Ks. Uh, and again, you know, the thing for him is is going to be the health. So as long as he's able to go out there, he's getting length as we get further uh, and further into spring training here. And he looks good, Brendan. And and I just want to read uh, the, the one quote uh, from him afterward that was pretty good. He joked uh, about wanting to pitch against Rangers because uh, he wanted to hit Gallo and Odor, which uh, was really weird because like there were only only a couple, a small minority, but like some people took seriously. Like obviously he was joking. Um, if he had only said Odor, I would have maybe understood why people took it seriously, but nobody's intentionally hitting Joey Gallo. Come on. Um, but you saying, quote, I don't want to hear boo anymore. I want to hear you. And as I've said before, we'll let you off the hook if you're saying alu, but no boo. You cannot be booing. You can, if you don't want a you, you can alu. That's acceptable, but but no booing uh, of you, Darvish, or really anybody that's that's on the Cubs. Uh, I think we Alu might be the best Wrigley Field Cubs chant, uh, at least in my lifetime. I you know you and I grew up during that, but going to Wrigley Field and participating in that Alu chant, whatever you want to call it, is incredible. And that's like the only like I usually don't participate in any like crowd chant or whatever, but that one. That one's special, Corey. That's yeah. one of the greatest ones of all time. I, th- I think, really, honestly, the only thing that um, you know comes to mind immediately that's that's uh, been kind of like that, or at least reminded me of it, is is when the uh, Javi chants, Javi yeah. or, or MVP. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. He... I'll participate in that one, though. Huh? <laughs> so I'll participate yes, in that. Right. Yeah, the Javi, Javi is incredible. But yeah, no, I think other than that, that's like kind of uh, what really came to mind there. Um, Cole Hamels pitching on Saturday through another three solid innings. He's looking good. Uh, and Kyle Hendricks, like I said, uh, is going right now as we speak. Uh, so I, you know, I'm trying to keep an eye on that. He's gone two innings so far, three Ks, no walks for Kyle. He continues to look very good in this spring and, and really the whole rotation does. So, uh, this has been a, a good spring for those guys. And, one other note, as best I can tell since we last spoke, the only member of the No Walks Brigade that has thrown again was Carl Edwards, uh, and he didn't walk anybody. So I'm off the hook for any jinxes. Uh, anything that happens from here on out, I don't think I get the blame for. But we're, we're, keeping, the, we're keeping the train moving here. Uh, nobody's walking anybody. So uh, that is... Oof. Exciting to say the least. And and I since I brought up Hendricks in this game today, I do just want to touch on... Uh, Wilson Contreras ripping another double to drive in that run 
and we talked about it, I think, in the last episode, and we talked about it before, but, you know, not digging into to Spring's stats too much. Like, I don't care that he has a 14-15 OPS right now, uh, but he's hitting the ball with authority, and that is the most important yeah. thing for him. That's what was missing uh, yep. down the stretch and in that second half last year, and he just has the ability to hit the ball really hard and, and with authority, and the more you see sure. him doing that, the better. Yep, and I'm, I mean, I'm watching him right now, actually. He's up at the at the dish, and prior to spring training started, like, Wilson knows all of his criticisms. Like, he knows the criticisms about his pitch framing. He's well aware of the power issue that deflated him in the second half of last year, and he was talking about how he addressed that power dip. And what he's doing differently now, according to him, is he's starting his stride earlier. And for Wilson, he adapted this like double toe tap thing. Actually, if we're being specific, like around May in 2017. So he does this like double toe tap thing. So I'm watching him right now, and he's for sure starting way earlier. He's a little bit more upright too. Um, so that's the change that's going to have him, you know, get set earlier, maximize his power. So far, it's working. And so, you know, go look at the videos, go watch the recap from today's game. It looks different and it looks better. And that's what I think what we were talking about last episode is if it looks different, if it's translating to some type of success, granted it's spring training, but that's what you want to see. You want to see these guys successfully adapt. You only have a month to do so and you want them to be aware of it. And for, for Wilson, I think among all the storylines in spring training, you have Hugh Darvish's health, you have the aging rotation, you got the bullpen issues, but Wilson also coming back to form in that, you know, first, what is it, three and a half months in 2017, when he was on pace for 30 homers, getting that player back with a healthy Chris Bryant, that would change the complexion of the entire of the entire offense. And, you know, last offseason, you and I were talking about Contreras being an MVP candidate in serious discussions. So for him to get that back to continue to look like this would be incredible for this team. Yep, absolutely. And, and you know, like he, he had a good spring last year, and he, but he's just one of those guys who I think that confidence is big for him. So, you know, again, not to read too much into spring numbers, but I, I think he's one of those guys that you, you want him to go into the season feeling hot because I think he's one of those guys yeah. that really thrives Ooh, off of— Oh, crap. You just got hit in the shoulder. Sorry. That's, like that's fair. That's a live reaction. Uh, wow. Are, are yeah. we all okay here? scared the hell out of me. It was like right below his chin. Hit him in the shoulder, though. Those effing Brewers, man. Get him. I mean, come yeah. on. What do they do? You, Who's you pitching right now? You can't put out the now? real starters against the Brewers. You can't trust him. My God. Who is pitching for Milwaukee? Corbin, Corbin Burns. Burns. Who the hell is this? Get him out of the game, man. He missed his spot. He was aim. Oh, my God. Yeah, not All good. right. Get the starters out. Pack him up. Go yeah, back right. to Mesa. Bubble wrap it's him. Over. Send him back to Chicago. We're done here. But um, uh, anyway, yeah. On the roster, transitioning to uh, some roster cuts. We are getting you know near the the end of spring training here, or you know getting closer to the regular season. So we are going to start seeing some of these cuts. Guys sent to uh, minor league camp, etc. And uh, some moves we have on the roster as follows. This from Mark Gonzalez of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Albert Alzole, Jen Hosang, option to Iowa. De La Cruz, Steele, option to Tennessee. Duncan Robinson, Ian Clarkin, Alberto Baldonado, Craig Brooks, Carlos Ramirez, Colin Ray. Ian Rice, Charcer Burks, Evan Marzilli, Jacob Hanneman, assigned to minor league camp. 
and uh, Scahill was granted his release. So a lot of those names uh, maybe you're not familiar with, and that's okay. Uh, but yeah. some of those names, you know, obviously we, we've talked about uh, a bit on here, especially Alzole, Jen Hosang. Uh, we actually saw him pitch the other day. Uh, but those are some of those initial moves as the roster uh, will continue to get trimmed here. Uh, just uh, something to keep an eye on. And Bre- It doesn't mean that we're not going to see them again this spring training just because, you know, they go to minor league camp or they get optioned. Right. There are cases where they bring him back for a split squad or, you know, what have you. So it's very likely we even see Alzole and a lot of the guys like, you know, Steele and De La Cruz come back off for another outing. Yes, and interesting that you mentioned that, Brendan, because it is a good transition into another topic that has been on a lot of people's minds over the last couple days, uh, and a young man uh, who is not in big league camp, who comes to us from the minor league portion of spring training, uh, getting some major league camp at bats, and you've heard his name before, and that would be 21-year-old Nico Horner, the uh, shortstop and and Cubs' top draft choice. And he has reached base, Brendan, in eight straight appearances in the the Cactus League, I believe after grounding out in his first at bat. And he also has hit his first uh, big league spring training home run, in the process. And we, we've talked about him before, and, and I think that we have um, kind of taken a look at when we might be able to expect him and, and everything, but this is, this is, it's been an exciting couple of days, and it's one of those things where the, the reaction has ranged from, you know, people asking, like, could he break camp with the team? When's he going to come up? All, all these kinds of questions. And you know, I think certainly he's not going to break camp with this team. There would no. have to be some insane scenario with, with other players to allow that to happen. Um, but at the very least, it's exciting to see this. We, we've talked before about how, you know, for, for years as a Cubs fan, the majority of our time was spent fawning over the future and these prospects And now those guys are here, and it's fun to watch a 21-year-old come into these games and show some stuff and and get, you know, Joe Madden talking about him, get the media talking about him, get all these Cubs fans talking about him. And if for nothing else, it's just good that this guy is now, I think for sure, on most everybody's radar because, because he should be. And... Uh, you know, as it relates to 2019, I, I, I don't know exactly when to expect him, but I think we talked on this last episode where, you know, when you've got a middle infield situation that is in flux to a degree, right, whoever isn't Javi Baez of that, of that pairing is not necessarily set in stone at the moment, and especially when Addison Russell comes back from his domestic violence suspension, Things are kind of up in the air as to what roles people will playing, who's going to get sent down when that happens, and you know what the Cubs are going to be doing on a daily basis. So when you've got, you know, one of your your best prospects here showing you a little something, it's at the very least, it's just exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And if for uh, a comparison, and I brought it up last episode too with Kyle Schwarber, he started his season before he was called up in Double A. So the discussion right now is, hey, where will Nico Horner start the 2019 season? Will he start it in high A? Will he start it in double A? 
And that could give you insight into his trajectory and potential timeline for being called up. For Schwarber, he started that season in 2015 in AA. And he was called up from AA to Cleveland. I'm forgetting the time frame. I want to say like June. It was it was early. Um, and that was it for him. For Horner, the difference between he and Schwarber is that Horner had that injury last season. So he hasn't even played in high A ball yet, which potentially means he will do so to start this season. But at the same time, he got to play in the AFL, which is maybe even better competition than high A ball. So it's it's to be determined. But I think where he ends up, at least to start the season, is indicative of what the Cubs plan to do with him for his major league role. And over the course of the last three months, I think maybe in December, after his AFL season ended, the likelihood of him being called up wasn't as serious as it is now. And it does show you, like, just give it a few weeks in spring training. I know the stats don't mean anything, but they get to put their skills on display, and they do make impressions on the coaches. They look at this. They, they're they around this guy on an everyday basis, too. So with that said, like, yeah, I think Horner being a realistic option for 2019 isn't as crazy as it was last October. And that's because he's shown success in AFL, shown moderate success in, you know, 10 plate appearances in spring training. Take what you will from that. But it goes beyond that. It's his presence in the clubhouse. People are talking very high praise about this guy. It's his college reputation, his career. He was very successful there. He's showing more power in the AFL in spring training, something that he did not do in college. So he's rapidly adapted, Corey, like on a dramatic level, in my opinion. So with that said, yes, if Zobrist has health issues, which he did two years ago, he's older, he could be an option. If God knows what's going to go on with with Addy Russell, like, you know, if he goes down or the Cubs cut ties with him, then Torner could be an option as well. And it wouldn't be that insane to think so. So it's exciting to see. At the very least, like it's fun to watch. You get these videos from Horner. He's 21 years old. For the last decade, I feel like every year, we as fans have a top prospect to follow. And that's been a privilege, honestly, Corey. That's been a privilege every year to expect something new from a 20, 21-year-old. And again, it's just fun to watch. And to see the Cubs system, although it's not top uh, as highly rated as it was a few years ago, it's still producing talent with Alzole potentially and Horner and De La Cruz. And a lot of these guys, we're getting them from the lower levels upwards to knocking on the door at Wrigley Field. And that's exciting to see. And you can watch Nico Horner at spring training in Mesa or throughout Arizona by buying tickets through SeatGeek because getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. Nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I just used SeatGeek to buy tickets to all my spring training games. Took me less than five minutes. My family, they come in from Chicago to Arizona. They meet me out there. They use SeatGeek as well. Best of all, our listeners, you guys get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. 
Just download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code CUBSRELATED today. That's promo code CUBSRELATED for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Yeah, again, I, I'm just glad that, you know, we got people talking about him and, you know, kind of catching the attention of everybody. He he just seems like one of those guys, like, who... He has it. Yeah, you, you plug him in he whatever level and he, he's going to succeed. He just, like, there, there's there's some guys like that that, you know, it just it just happens quicker for them. And, and, and he's he just so has fast. That yeah, man. Like, that's one of his underrated attributes is his speed. I think on, on his Fangraphs uh, scouting evaluation page, he is a 70 speed. So 70 out of 80, which is basically the equivalent of saying, hey, this guy is faster than 95% of Major League Baseball, which think about that for a second. If he's in the top 5% of just speed alone and he's hitting for power, you're looking at someone like a Whit Merrifield type, you know, a diverse middle infielder speed, power, high contact skills, those are hard to find. Yeah, so uh, something to keep an eye on. Again, he's not in big league camp, so I'm not exactly positive what their plan is with him for how long he's going to be filling in here, but still interesting to keep an eye on uh, while he's doing it. Uh, One clarification I want to note, I I think the the, the teaser video that we were talking about earlier is for the Cubs YouTube channel that they're going to launch, so I'm not sure like how that ties in with Marquis or exactly what this content is for, but I, I think it's for their YouTube channel, maybe not uh, anything to do with Marquis, just a, a small clarification. But either way, they're going to announce it or release a full trailer on Monday, uh, probably before or after you guys are listening to this. So maybe you guys have already seen it. Um, but I do want to talk now just a little bit about the game that we saw on Friday. Friday night, it was on the MLB Network, so hopefully some of you guys were able to check it out and, you know, get a look at the Cubs. And and all I really wanted to talk about was, again, this is a spring training game, but it was really fun, Brendan, to watch the the top of this order go to work in this game. And the, the, the top of the order for this game, again, it was not against, uh, you know, high-quality, you know, top-tier pitching uh, for the Seattle mm-hmm. Mariners, but... Still, it was Albert Almora, Rizzo in the two, Javi in the three, and David Bodie uh, hitting fourth. And it was fun to watch, Brendan, even yeah, just yeah. for a spring training. Like, a lot of these games have not been on TV, and the th- this portion of the order did real work in this game. Um, you know, they, they have nine runs before the fourth inning is over, and Elmora going two for four with an RBI, two runs scored. Rizzo going three for three with two RBIs, three runs scored. Javi going two for three with an RBI and a run scored. David Bodie going three for three with a run scored. And Rizzo hitting his first home run of the spring that was an absolute moonshot. I, I mean, this yeah. was a beautiful, like, stereotypical Anthony Rizzo, you know, kind of bend down a little bit and just, Love it. boom, send the thing to the moon. And... Again, you know, not necessarily uh, against the, the the quality of pitching that they're always going to be seeing in the regular season, but it was just good to see, the, you know, some of our regular guys, not really a lineup I would envision we're going to see particularly often. Obviously, no Chris Bryant in there, um, and interesting to see Rizzo in the two with Javi in the three, but still, just seeing those four guys and the work that they were doing and how they were moving each other around the bases, bringing in runs... It was a, a fun game to watch. I mean, that was incredible. I think mean, everyone in the top four went like two for two or three for three, whatever it was. Uh, and Bodie, man, like 
that was the first time we got to see Bodie on TV that up close. Mm-hmm. And I mean, first off, he's a tank. He must have gained at least 25, 30 yeah. pounds and is visible. Um, I was watching the game with my brother, and he hasn't seen Bodie since probably last September. And he's like, who is that? I'm like, that's Bodie. He's like, you got to be kidding me. That's Bodie? He looks with the beard, with the weight. He's like, oh, my God. He almost looks like like a more you know stout Chris Bryant to some degree, which is funny to, to, to see. But Bodie ripped one down the left field line, man. And he was ripping one, I think, to the center field, right field gap as well. And he looks good. And I don't know what David, David Bodie's role will be in this year, but I just like watching the guy play. And his defense alone, just his glove work alone is fun, but his bat is also just, it's progressing at a at a rapid pace, man. I don't know. I don't know what the role will be. I don't even, I'm not even saying, hey, I want him to supplant someone else, but I just want to see more of him from a selfish point of view. He's fun to watch. Yeah, I think we've all realized that, you know, since he came up last year and obviously, you know, moments like the walk-off Grand Slam against the Nationals aside, he, he just showed yeah. us a lot in the, in, the, in the times he got in there. He definitely struggled uh, at the plate, you know, once once the league kind of figured him out a little bit. He, he's got some adjustments to make that he's talked uh, with the beat writers, you know, that he, he knows what those uh, issues are and he's been working to to fix them. He's an interesting case, though, Brendan, because I, I, I think you and I discussed this a little bit the other day. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how this early portion of the season goes and what role he's able to carve out for himself and how successful he is at that. Because when you look at this roster, and, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but it, but it does, I think, inform, you know, how we watch a guy like Bodie in spring training and in the early portion of the season to remember this. So I think it's okay to yeah. get ahead of ourselves here. Um, that if you look at the roster and you think when Addison Russell's suspension is over and, and they bring him back up, um, not too many guys fit the bill of who is going to be kind of the casualty uh, of that move. Uh, And you kind of look at it and go, it's going to be David Bodie, uh, unless (laughs) something in the bullpen changes, I would say, drastically. Um, The Cubs are probably going to carry 13 pitchers. Um, You know, I think we, we talked about a lot of those issues a lot, but especially, you know, when he's able to be on the team, you know, you can't count on Brandon Morrow to pitch every day or probably even back-to-back on many occasions. I'm not sure exactly what the leash is going to be on him, but again, I think they're going to have to be very careful with him. And, you know, you've got two long guys. If Chatwood's able to, you know, keep his command, you're going to have him in Montgomery. You do the math, right, Brendan? And you look at who has options, who can be sent down, and it's kind of just David Bodie, and and you know, so hopefully everybody's healthy I then, know. and you know that's the situation. But it, but I bring it up just to say, like David Bodie's a very interesting player, and he's one of those guys who gives off the impression that you know he could get really hot to start this season. He's got a great glove. He he has uh, shown us, I think, a real lot playing multiple positions across the field on defense. Um, he seems very comfortable at a number of positions. His his hands are good. He, he's been making stellar plays since we've seen him in the major leagues. So 
it's all just to say it could be a very tricky situation uh, yeah. when that happens. And again, it, it's getting ahead of ourselves a little. But if you if you see David Bodie like getting increased playing time early in the year, and you know having made that adjustment on elevated heat that that was causing him so many problems in the second half last year, things are going to get interesting, Brendan. That that that's kind of what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, and I think with with Zobrist again, like who we we expect Zobrist to be a valuable contributor, but at the same time, he's 38. Mm-hmm. Bodie already has shown the willingness and the ability to be a multi-positional player. Now, he was trying to get time in the outfield last year, never got to do so with with Chris Bryant's injury, but he could be one of those guys that could in theory kind of substitute and replace Zobarist, um, maybe even as soon as this year. If the guy is hot, if Bodie comes out in the first three weeks, because that's what it's probably going to be for him before they have to make a decision to send him down. If he's going out there and hitting, you know, bombs left and right, playing good defense, he'll be getting time at shortstop, shortstop supposedly. Right. How do you? How do you send him it's, down? It's going to be interesting, man. And, That's what you know. What I'm and saying. And I think you know. You bring up Zobris too, who I you know really just expect to do his thing until it doesn't happen. He could probably be 50, and I'd expect him to put up like. I that. don't know. It just like I feel like the tone around Zobris. This it's been very odd. Like we're not hearing him talk to the media. We know that he was uh, a delayed check-in at Mm -hmm. spring training supposedly and these are just rumors but maybe they were shopping him to clear up salary room for whatever reason it just seems like a weird tone around Zobaris so I'm not you know talk to me in a few weeks once the season is close to starting but as as it is right now I think my confidence level in Zobaris is lower because the confidence level from their front office appears to be lower I guess I, I don't know maybe I'm just reading that incorrectly Corey yeah, I don't know if I'm as concerned about that as as you maybe, but but I, well, I I'm do, not concerned. Well, I'm not concerned, but I think like I guess I'm not reading my, into it as much. But I do know what you mean. I, it has definitely yeah. been an odder kind of it's tone just weird. around that. Yes, and you know, and I think Descalso is interesting too because like obviously they brought him in and they they have a role in mind for him. You know, but he's another one too who who kind of you know made some changes to to his. Uh, to himself last year and put up better results, but those were not necessarily the results that we've seen from him in his entire career. So, you know, he seems to be an interesting one too that, you know, obviously the Cubs brought him in, but, you know, if he doesn't look like that player and like those changes have kind of stuck with him, you know, and that he uh, can put up that OBP that he did last year and and, uh, be effective like that, Again, it's all just to say the the David Bodie thing is going to be interesting because you know mm-hmm. uh, unless something changes, right? The, the the Cubs have made the decision that they're committing to Addison Russell, and in doing so, they're they're going to bring him up, right? Like I mean, there, <laughs> there's no reason to do any of this and then stick him in the minor leagues. Like they're they're, they're going through all this to, uh, as they say, help him be a better person and also you know, he's on the team. So you kind of have Maybe to just... Maybe he's the odd man out. Yeah, you like, just have seriously. to assume that he's going yeah. to be called up when he's available. You know, I don't know if he'll do like a, a stint in the minors beforehand. Who knows, right? But it's it's all just to say that that's, that's going to happen. We can pretty safely assume that that's going to happen. And, you know, hoping that, again, everybody's healthy and, and that's, you know, sometimes you have to make these tough decisions. 
it's just interesting. So I think Bodie's a, a guy to keep an eye on kind of as spring continues and as we get into the season because, again, he just seems like one of those guys who one day we could wake up and he's just like supplanted himself in that like say five spot in the order playing second base to Javi at shortstop and it it's Isn't going wild you know it's about. cooking and and I it's just going to be interesting to see how they navigate that when they're in a roster crunch because again you do the numbers on the bullpen and when you have a closer who you are being protective of and, and you can't use right. you know say for example like the, the brewers use josh Hader, right like they can probably afford to have less people in the bullpen because they have a few guys that they can just keep throwing out there relentlessly the cubs don't necessarily have that yet and you know again if someone like edwards is you know pitching better and, and looks confident and you don't have to worry about, you know, the, the, the walk issues or, you know, Chatwood is is now a really strong back end of the bullpen reliever that can do multiple innings. Maybe this changes, but at this point, you I, I think it's safe to assume, correct me if I'm wrong, Brendan, that they're going to carry 13 pitchers because they are going to need the bodies to figure all of this yeah. out. I mean, it's a good point. I never thought about it like that too, but yeah, the fact that Morrow can't go seemingly consecutive days on a consistent basis probably means they have to carry eight relievers. They have to do it. It's not even an option, which means they're going to have to decide from that <laughs> positional core group who goes down. And you look at it, they're not going to send down Descalso. He is a major league contract. He's making millions of dollars. Not going to happen. Russell is going to be back up with the team. They already committed to him for $3.8 million. Unless they trade him, I don't see him... I see him getting at least a little bit longer of a shot. Whether you agree with that or not, that's just the way it is currently right now. So who else is there? He's got to be the one to get sent down. Now, maybe there's a DL stint. We know the Cubs are capable of doing these ghost DL stints, and that gives them more time to assess and evaluate. But I was saying, like, it's wild to me that a year and a half ago, David Bodie was not even on our radars, like, at all. You fast forward to now, and the fact that you just suggested him playing second base, batting in the fifth spot as a realistic option, that's not crazy to me. That's And that's wild to think about that we've gotten this far in a year and a half. His, his trajectory is so unique and unpredictable that that's partially why I want to see him get more of a chance. Just because, you know, the data and everything's not going to support him getting those chances, but he just looks so much different from a year, from two years ago. You just got to give him more of a chance. So it's unfortunate that Russell may limit those opportunities that to a degree, and I'm not saying like I'm anti-Descalso or whatever, but him being on the roster, it does limit Bodie's mm-hmm. um, opportunities as well. We'll see what happens. Ultimately, though, Corey, like I said, these decisions kind of iron themselves out. Yeah. If Bodie performs the first month, he's not going to get he's not going to get sent down. If he's batting, you know, like 250, his Woba's around 310. Yeah, he'll probably get sat down. But if he performs, he's staying with the team. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, he's one of those guys who they're going to be able to use the justification that if he were to get sent down, he then can play every day. He can play different positions every day. Yeah, play left field, right field. Yeah, Working. So so that's also something to consider that, you know, with other guys, you don't, you know, you couldn't, that argument wouldn't work with a lot of these other guys. Like, you know, other guys have options. We saw, you know, we've seen Schwarber sent down, Hap, etc. 
Um, but at this point, you're kind of, I, th- I think, too far unless there was like a real disaster of a situation going on. <laughs> Um, it's possible. It's possible, but you know, I th- I'm serious. It's possible. I, I think it would have to be pretty significant because at this point, you know, I think that you'd be creating a bit of an issue with those guys. I think those guys want major league playing time, and uh, I, I think that the justification that you know they'd be able to work on stuff in the minors, I don't know. I think it it it, it works a lot better for Bodie, or it's 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 at least believable for Bodie if we're, you know, taking them at their, at their word on that stuff. But anyway, just something to monitor. I, I, it's, it's, when I think about it, I do get a little worked up just because it seems like one of those decisions that's going to be very divisive, uh, and, and a day, you know, of, of Cubs social media that is going to be very interesting, uh, for everybody involved. Uh, you're getting yourself worked up again. You are stealing my brand, man. Jeez. Three, not even like that decision's months away. Relax. It's not even, we're three weeks away from the season (laughs) even starting. It will work itself out, Corey. Relax. I'm I'm thinking about it, Brendan. I can't help it. I mean, I can like sense it over here. It's, it's. Well, you know, it's just like it's we watched the game on Friday, you know, and he's hitting in the cleanup spot and, and the offense looks I really good. And then, you know, it just sort of I dawns on you, like, this guy might not even be on the team. In it's June, funny because you, know? you you mentioned that to me, like, oh, David Bodie's going to get sent down, isn't he? I'm like, no way. He can't get sent yeah. down. And I, and I go back and look at him. I'm like, holy crap, you are yeah. right. He I'm could like, get sent down. Take a look down. at that. Trust me. The math, the math uh, checks out. Yeah. Whatever. I still think, I still think he plays well. He's going to get that role. And... I'm not going to stress out about that for now. It works itself out, Corey. Fair enough. Bre- Brendan Miller, always the uh, voice of comfort and calm here of on the course, Cubs Related of Podcast. Course. Always optimistic, yes. never worried. Uh, just updating here, we're in the bottom of the fourth in this Cubs-Brewers game. Kyle Hendricks now with four strikeouts in three innings. Uh, he's allowed a run, five scattered hits. Uh, but again, continues to look good. So I, I think, um, you know, as far as the rotation is concerned, you know, we'll see Q again. But, you know, things things looking good. I think all of these guys... It's been guys, a great spring. A really good spring so far. Yeah. Like, I, no I, major I, I issues. Think, Everyone looks fantastic. I'm very encouraged. Yeah. I, I think that's that's the best way to sum it up. It's very encouraging. I mean, um, you know, and again, like, I'm not even talking, you know, not giving up runs. Like, I, you know, I don't think Q's given up a run yet and, and stuff like that. It's really just like these guys, you know, the velo reports we're getting look good. They're, they're yeah. generating strikeouts generating whiffs um you know limiting the walks to to you know for the most part just sounds positive and you know i i think we said at the outset that as long as everybody's you know their their stuff looks good their their health is intact everybody's mechanics are okay that's that's really all you can ask for just get us to texas with that and 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 we'll take it so i think that's uh I think that's a pretty good place to be for uh the chicago cubs but yep I think other than that, that's that, that really catches you up on, I think, all of the news of the last few days for the Chicago Cubs. Again, I, I think uh, that, that Monday content preview from the Cubs is, is something to look forward to. Even as we've been talking about this, Brendan, I have the, the Pedro Strope gif on my phone. I've been sneaking watches <laughs> at it. Uh, while we've been talking, I, I I really can't wait for whatever that for whatever that is. Um, that horse thing with Contreras is fantastic. Uh, the, yeah, too. well, and you know we didn't talk about it in this the beginning, but it looks like they follow John Lester to his ranch to go fishing or or something yeah. with him, which absolutely signed me up for it. it. It it kind of in the preview at least reminded me a little bit of like Ron Swanson and Parks 
just going out to the woods and like being alone. Like I do not want to talk. When he to gets anybody. named, uh, when he gets named the, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting the actual name of it, but that national park, he gets to watch it. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, what I'm saying yeah. like season like six or seven, it is. That's what it yeah, reminds me of. He's just in his boat. He's at total yep. peace. Yep. Like just leave me <laughs> yeah. alone and let me appreciate nature. You know, and, that's a good comparison, actually. You know, John Lester to Ron Swanson. That's that's uh, that's a sneaky good one right there. Yeah, tough, stoic. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. The 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 strong silent type, if you will. Yep. Um, little Sopranos reference in there for you, but yeah, uh, I look forward to that, and and I think that's 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 really all we got. I mean, I I think at this point in the spring, Brendan, generally things being mostly uneventful, um, seems like a pretty good thing. And actually, as I'm I'm saying this, Kyle Hendricks is uh, done for the day, replaced by Dakota Meeks. So that line I read be fun. a moment ago uh, will be it for Hendricks today. Uh, the two runners on base will be his, but I don't really care if those come around to score. So we're just going to uh, call it there. So that's uh, another good day for Hendricks. Always good to see him getting that many strikeouts. When Hendricks is striking yep. people out, he is you know lethal. Uh, and Wilson Contreras looking at the video from at Cubs throwing uh, a Brewers runner out trying to steal third. So it looks like his his cannon is in, uh, you know, ready to be in mid-season form. So I think for all intents and purposes, you know, we got the Anthony Rizzo home run. Always, you know, you always kind of want, uh, you always want these guys to hit one, right? At least during the, the Cactus League experience. So I think, uh, you know, like you said, I- I'm ready to go. I think we could wrap this up and just send the guys back, you know, get the pitchers on their on their schedule and, uh, you know, really just be be ready to go here. I don't, I don't need any more spring training games, but unfortunately, uh, it's only March 10th as we, dis- we record this. So we do st- still do have uh, about 18 days until the Cubs are playing regular season baseball. So we, we've still got to get through that. But for all intents and purposes, uh, I think things have gone pretty well. And it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how everything shakes out when we do get to Texas. But I, I do think, uh, Brendan, anything else on your mind here that, that you uh, need to get off your chest here? Uh, nothing, you know, with, with urgency. I, I'm still following those last two spots in the bullpen. I know Kinsler and Dunsing are signed up for the year, but, you know, someone like Dakota Meeks, who's pitching right now, and this guy's a tank, by the way. My God, he's huge. Um, if he, oh, he just gave up a bomb. Oof. <laughs> of course, as I say so that. Two as I say. charged Kyle Hendricks, as, <laughs> as I mean. Oh, my word. As I say that. Um, well, that's what the Cubs get when, you know, you, you trust guys from Michigan State, Brendan. All bets are off. Is he a Michigan State guy, yes. Dakota Meeks? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's it. But anyway, regardless of the two-run home run he just gave up, I still think it's interesting to follow him. He's going to be a guy that the Cubs will have in their bullpen at some point, whether it's to start the year or whether it's late in April, May, or what have you. He will be up with the Cubs this year, but other than you know the back of the uh, of the bullpen, nothing else is too urgent for me. I will keep monitoring Lester. I'm not worried about him, but seeing that velo tick up to his normal range will be something to look at. And yeah, outside of that, just the back of the bullpen, Corey. Yeah, you mentioned it, and you know, like man, I man, was that Brandon Kinsler trade just not 
not a good one. That was that's just like a straight F from Theo on that one. It's um, five million against a luxury tax too. Which yeah, they had he to was away. Drew Smiley just to make up for he that. He was so no good issue. in 2018. He, you know, wasn't that a weird trade? It's only that's two, only trade. two and two thirds uh, so far this spring. But uh, you know, a 10 ERA, uh, 1.8 yeah. WHIP. Uh, again, it's only spring training, but. Uh, this is a guy that has shown us nothing, and uh, and he's he's getting old. Too, yeah, I am so. super not not excited, um, not excited about him. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I I you know I'm hoping that some of these uh, you know younger or you know take a flyer guys you know supplant um, him and or Dunsing. I just think you know there's there's likely to be some more interesting results out there but uh other than that yeah i think that is uh is it and um you know again uh as always we appreciate you guys tuning in uh it is spring training so you know um i know it's not always the most exciting form of baseball or anything like that but uh we appreciate you guys going on this journey with us. We're almost there. Like I said, uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, we're 17 days away. Chris Bryant, number of days from the Chicago Cubs playing the Texas Rangers. And again, now we know who it will be. We are uh, 17 days then from John Lester taking the mound and opposing Mike Miner of the Texas Rangers at, uh, I don't know if they still call it the ballpark at Arlington. It probably has some sponsor name now, but that's what it was in some of those old video games, Brendan, so that's what I'm going to refer to it as. Um, either way, again, we thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you guys uh, sometime in during during the week, and then we'll be back again uh, next Monday as well, so you can look forward to that. Um, again, we, we keep reading. I, I read through some of the newer uh, iTunes reviews. I'm, I'm telling you, like legitimately, Brendan, I was like touched by some of them. They're so nice. Some of you guys leave like such nice uh, comments uh, about us. And I mean, really, like Brendan and I are floored that that people uh a listen to us ramble on every week but b like really say such nice things about us uh, we really do appreciate that we do read them and it's it's very nice uh, it really made my day the other day so thank you for that um and other than that we will talk to you guys uh during the week thank you for listening and whether we are still talking about Spring training games we're following along on MLB game day or John Lester is facing Mike Miner in Texas go cubs This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Becca used to be a mid-level programmer until she earned a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University. Now she's setting sophisticated honeypots to lure and catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. 
It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.